Umkit Industries proudly presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, a pendant production. In the autumn of 1944, President Franklin D. Roosevelt's clandestine squadron of P-47 Thunderbolt struggled in their mission to defend the free world from Nazi villainy. This squadron was known as Brassy Battalion, and this is their story. Tonight's episode, The Hippogean Grotto. When we last left our hero, Dixie Stenberg, she was face to face with hundreds of teeth as the beast stared her down in the middle of the Mexican jungle. Cripes! Dixie turned and fled through the jungle, her feet pumping and her heart racing. Gotta move! The beast gave chase, thundering through the forest like an earthquake mixed with a tornado with a dash of hurricane and a pinch of sandstorm, crashing into and knocking over anything in its path. Move, 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 move. Dixie weaved and darted through the trees, trying to put as many obstacles in the beast's path as possible. Ruins! That ought to help. Dixie dove under ancient stone ruins, crawling between the stones as fast as possible, dirt and grime smearing her face as she pressed on. The beast came to a stop, having momentarily lost sight of its prey. Dixie pressed onward under the ruins, moving as quickly as she could. The beast swiveled its massive head from side to side and let out a visceral growl, hoping to startle its prey out of hiding. But Dixie's courage was made of sterner stuff, and she pressed on. Must keep moving. Keep moving. The beast's eyes narrowed as it looked around the area once more and sniffed. Damn it. And just like that, the beast had Dixie sent and stomped forward in pursuit. Move, move, move! Dixie bolted out from under the ruins and ran full speed back towards the airfield, hoping the ruins would slow the beast down. They didn't. Right! The airfield was in sight, but the beast was closing in. Its massive feet thudded into the ground mere inches to the side of Dixie. It was all she could do to avoid getting crushed when the beast reared its head back opened its maw, and... Get down, Dixie! Dixie dropped to her stomach as the gunfire continued, slamming into the beast, but not so much as denting its scaly green hide. Tarnations and french fried fritters on a plate of grits! It did, however, succeed in getting the monstrosity's attention. Jiminy Christmas! Here, Essie! Defend yourself! Cornelius reached down and placed his sidearm into Esmeralda's hand. She sat in her wheelchair, looking at it with trepidation as the beast ran on. But the bullets aren't hurting it! The beast zeroed in on Cornelius' starchy white suit, gleaming in the sunlight like glass in the sand, and gave chase. Oh, I'm done for! And I didn't even get a final piece of the pie! Oh, cruel world! Daddy! No, I... Dixie looked up from where she'd fallen to see the beast about to feast upon a gentlemanly southern snack when she shouted out, Go for the eyes! Of course! Essie raised her arms, took aim, and fired. The beast's head snapped back as gooey liquid poured from its wound. It shrieked and thrashed and ran off into the forest, its tail between its legs. And I didn't have to be out of my wheelchair to do it. Well, darling, one day you will be. I'm going to make sure I you... am not helpless just because I can't walk. You called me daddy. I'm sorry, Mr. Pearson. 
I was worried for you. I rather liked it, I dare say. You did it! That was some shot, Essie. Peach picking thieves. Uh, what? We used to have to watch out for those good-for-nothing pitch picking thieves back home. You shot them? Slingshots, actually. Mr. P... Uh, Daddy made them for us. Pearson family tradition. The finest slingshotters east of the Mississippi. Essie always was a crack shot. Can we go inside now? I'd really like to get settled in after all the commotion. Can I wheel you in? I can handle it on my own. I know you can, Essie, but you just saved our lives. I just thought it was the least I could do. Oh, well, I guess I have to learn that every act of kindness isn't always because others think I'm helpless. Helpless? We were the ones that were helpless against that thing. It was your idea to aim for the eye. And your crack shot that hit the target. How about Corny carries your bags and I wheel you in and we call it even? I think I can live with that. Deal. Boy, you guys sure got here at just the right time. The Pearsons are also known for our exceptional punctuality. Come on, let's get inside. This place needs a lot of work. We'll return to our program in just a minute, but first, an important message from the Umket Motorized Boating Body. There's a message of great import indeed. Motorized bodies. That sounds like robot talk. Motorized boating bodies, remember? Vroom, vroom, pop, pop, ding, ding, don't. We're singing about a boat. Ah, yes, of course. I suppose this has something to do with boaters everywhere talking about the economy of the 44 Vaporetto. You bet your bibby. Listen to what Mr. Kevin Paulson of Lyndhurst, Virginia, one of over 420,000 delighted owners, said about his new Vaporetto. Oh, I can hardly wait. <clears throat> Quote, These days, when the cost of everything is up, it's certainly great to own a 44 Vaporetto. Mr. Paulson, you are a genius. Yes, it's certainly great to own a 44 Vaporetto, he writes. I've found the powerful American engine gives me everything I'd expect to find in an expensive boat, but for amazingly little money. Yes, it gives you all that and more. He continues, And in addition to being a low-cost boat to buy, I find my Vaporetto is mighty economical to own. I spend very little for upkeep and keep the engine running smooth with Umket Green. Get this man on the payroll. And he finishes, <clears throat> My money sure goes a lot further since I've owned a 44 Vaporetto. And there's nothing like those delicious Umket green vapors it produces so willingly. Thank you, Umket. Thank you, Mr. Kevin M. Paulson. There's nothing like the smell of Umket green in the morning. Go out for a cruise on your new Vaporetto. Bring a swingin' girl and a swingin' And I do believe we have some very special guests here with us today. Get those fine folks on in here. We shall wait nary a second longer. Come on, fellas. You know we're on the air. Hurry it up. Hey, I'm Sam. Sam the Butcher. And I am Jacques the Baker Extraordinaire. And I'm Harold, CEO of Umcut Sand E. Candles. Now, gentlemen, I'm compelled by my unbiased and balanced journalistic integrity to inquire as to what the three of you know about boating. Oh, a great deal indeed, my good chap. Hey, we go out on the boat every day. We like to fish. Ah, oui, mon ami. It is relaxing on my frayed French nerves. 
And there is nothing better than the Vaporetto. Oh, yes, the Vaporetto. Yeah, the Vap. The, the Vap. The boat. Vroom, vroom, pop, pop, splish, splash, splash. This boat can go really fast. And you're out there every day, you say? Yeah, mostly. Uh, after work, of course, of course. A finer way to relax than in the Umcat Vaporetto, I do not know. But don't take our word for it. Hello. I am the Dean. Uh, tell them what you are the Dean of. Oh, yes, yes. Tell them. Yeah, I'm sure they all want to hear it again. Many a mainstay of higher education. And I'm here to tell you there's no finer vapor-producing waterborne craft than the Umket 44 Vaporetto. <gasps> Did you hear that? No finer? None indeed. Boaters everywhere are finding out about the economy of the great new 44 Vaporetto. Just like the fine Mr. Kevin M. Paulson. Such a smart man, that Mr. Paulson. And you can be a smart man, too. Yes, that's right. And you can save real money now because of the Vaporetto's low price. Real man likes to save real money. And you'll be saving real money for years to come thanks to the Vaporetto's low operating and maintenance costs. That's real money saved for real futures. And while saving, you can enjoy the resplendent aroma of clouds of burning Umket green. Oh, smells almost as fine as the delectables from my boulangerie. Mwah! I dare say it smells even better than an undead panel of your peers assembled by the justice system to judge your land-based crimes, Jack. Jacques. Mm. Jacques. Jacques. And if you're being tried for land-based crimes, there's one place you can escape to. The sea. And for that, you'll need a fine boat. And there is no finer boat than the 44 Vaporetto. It's a fine, fine boat, makes a pleasant gash of scotch, you'll love the Vaporetto, shout it out loud. Stop by your local authorized Umket motorized boat and dealer today and get the facts on the great Vaporetto. Just take it from the Umket motorized boating body. Yeah, we're the Umket motorized boating body. <laughs> Though some of us are more the brains and the body, and we boat in a block. I thought we boated in a boat. A different kind of block, Sam. We ain't even all gonna fit on a tiny little block. No, no, no. B-L-O-C. Block. Block. Jacques! What a crock! Crock! Oh, hey, ow! Hey! Hey, hey, that's my hair. Hey, ow! Yes, that's the people riddle. Bringing people of all walks of life together through watercraft since 1904. And don't forget the great economy. I'll show you a great economy. <laughs> I am surprised you even know what economy means. Oh, this place is still filthy. We now return to our program, deep within the bowels of the SCAR base. Hey! Oh, uh, yes, Franny? I don't take kindly to the use of bowels and scar base in the same sentence. Well, it's an accepted use of the word to describe... I think you're implying something. And I don't care for it. And I am a Nazi, you know. Very well, then. <clears throat> we now return to our program, deep within the... Innards? <laughs> uh, guts. Mm. 
Belly? Uh, it'll do. We now return to our program, deep within the belly of the SCAR base, where Vrenny is hard at work on her return to power. Faster, 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 faster. Come on, how many times do I have to say this? Faster, let's go! Uh, we're going as fast as we can, okay? We have got to get that goo pumped up and out of the cave now! I sought you avoid about smelling or something. Have you seen how Billingsley came back? He's in the medical ward with half his body torn open, and I do don't want that to happen to me. So I need the goo up here, and we'll secure and modify the base to keep the beast out. And why am I explaining myself to the likes of you? Just hurry it up already. Uh, we're trying. Yeah, we're only human, okay? That's the problem. Nebula, here, girl. Come on. Come on, girl. Come on, mama. Nebulon 2000. Fierce fighting mechanical combatant. At... Connect these tubes to the bath, attach the pump, and get it working. I shall do as the meaty sweat sack asks, if only because she provides me with cake. Thankfully, mate, without irradiated soy flour. I already said that stuff had to be bad for you. (laughs) Assembly commencing. Look at that, she's done! The goo is already pumping in, that's not fair. How is it not fair? I am better than you, and so is my work. Hey, we repaired you. That's really not very nice. You're off my Christmas list. Oh, oh, I think that was too harsh. I think it was just harsh enough. And I was going to make her a cake, too. But? Oh, maybe now you learn to be a little nicer. But you are stinking Oh, I don't know. I, I think we have a point, Nebby. Look, we're all on the same side here, so why don't we... Nebulon! See to Nebulon 2000! Do I really have to say that every time? It is my name, you smelly blue egg! Okay. Bye. Nebulon 2000. See to refitting the doors to this chamber with blast doors to keep the beast out. And you two will assist her! Her? It's more than it, really. I was going to say... I can have robo-gender if I so wish. Whatever! Just assist Nebula! I was getting there. Assist Nebulon 2000 with the modification and hurry! I don't want to end up like Billingsley. Me either. Oh, he's a fabulous mess. Come, my mammalian underlings. We have work to do. We work for her now? It's really not fair. Oh, my sweet girl. I missed you so Back at the airfield, Dixie headed out on a jungle expedition. A certain we will go. But having learned some of life's lessons, she knew better than to go alone. I learn and grow. That you do, Dixie. And so the intrepid Miss Stenberg headed off into the bush. A walking arsenal at her side. Sweet whoop alarm! Beast Bob Ding! What is it? Nazis? The Beast? Duck! 
Dixie kissed the dirt for the second time that day as the robot changed one of its hands into its battle axe appendage and began hacking its way through the jungle. You could have warned me you were going to do that. I said duck, though perhaps you thought I meant you should shoot at one. Not really, I just... never mind. Are you sure this is the right direction? We followed the beast's path back as far as we could, but from the looks of things it came from this direction. I'm sure if we head this way... It does seem logical. I think I see something up ahead. A cavernous subterranean pathway. Look here, in the dirt. Those footprints look reptilian. Similar to Meglania Prisca, but of course much larger and with a smaller weight distribution You're so over that... by the side of the cave. Two sets of human footprints. I am seeing matching prints all around the area. There was a great chase. The two humans ran about wildly. That must have been the screaming I heard. There was blood and terror. One of the humans was badly wounded, and they fled off into the cave. The beast was the victor and ran off in this direction, after a third set of footprints matching your boot style and size. You can tell all of this from some footprints? I am very smart and highly educated. You're sure? The victims went into the cave. I bet my robotic life on it. You got a flashlight in there? No, but I do have a C&E candle with robotic sensors. All right then, in we go. Dixie and the robot slowly, carefully made their way down the rough, rocky slope. Down the tunnel. Down under the earth. Down into the dark depths. Look at this! All these hoses and pumps and... That looks like the same azure emulsion that you fell into in the scar base. Well, smells like it too. I wonder where all these tubes are pumping it to. Judging from the lay of the hoses and the angle of trajectory, I surmise that they go pop. Geist needs this stuff for her powers, so it only stands to reason their new base must be somewhere nearby. That logic is sound. Are you sure you're not a robot? Yeah. If I were, I might know what all those weird markings on the wall are. Hmm. Curious. I could pour over them in robotic study. We don't have the time. Do you think they're related to the hole in the cavern roof? Dixie looked up, past the stalactites, to where a small ray of sunlight slipped in through a minuscule hole to the surface above. The light landed in the blue pool, which shimmered and sparkled. It caused the light to dart about the room and reflect off the purpley, sparkling rocks, giving the entire cavern a peaceful, magical glow. I don't know. We don't have the time for that either. All I know is that Archie's tip was right. Whoever told him about this place was right on the money. We could follow the tubing. It should lead us right back up to the base. That's a bad idea. We're not prepared. You have brought me along. Don't forget I also have a... Machine gun hand! Even so. Aww. Nothing brings me as much robotic joy as snuffing out Nazis. I agree, and yet I'm a little disturbed at the same time. But the point is, I didn't go on this expedition alone because I didn't know what I was going to find. And that was why. Yeah, and I know what we're going to find at the end of those hoses. And I know we ain't enough to handle it. 
We know where the cave is now, and we can see where those tubes are going. We'll just go back and wait for the others, and then come back in full force and kick them right between the eyes. They'll never see it coming. It'll be an admirable ambuscade. This production has starred Renee Christine Jones as Dixie Stenberg. <laughs> We're going to get him this time. Mark Zaracor as Frank McGuff. We'll get him till we've gotten him, and then we'll have got him good. Steve Anderson as Reginald Billingsley. Bring it on, I say. Aren't you still all wounded? Oh, right. Bring it on, I say. Better. Jeremiah McCoy as Archibald Withersby. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. We shall see, Withersby. Ah, uh, 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 wounded. We shall see, Withersby. There's a good fellow. Pete Mylan as Freudenberg. So I know no one really cares about a lowly old mechanic anymore. I mean, what do I do? I only keep the planes running, runs the place working. When the phone's ringing and the door's not squeaking, but hey, Dixie's plane may soon be repaired. Someone might care more than you think. Really? Anything is possible, after all. I went from commercials to cast member. Uh. Scott Vinicombe as Cornelius Robert Sims Pearson. And now the Pearsons have arrived to help. It'll be a regular hootenanny. <laughs> Anthony Pacelli as Joey Scalzetti. Yeah, not to mention all the food. She can't cook for you until she's fully recovered, son. I am not helpless, Mr. Daddy. My whole paradigm is shifting. I got a pair of dimes for you, toots. Anything for you. Here you go. That's not what she meant. That's very sweet, Mr. Scalzetti. You can call me Joey. uh, Mr. Joey. You just watch yourself there. Mr. Joey. It's just 20 cents, Pops. Lay off. Chris Britton as Thomas Galen. All this strife and uncertainty almost makes me long for the days when my fingers just got burned by acid. Oh, really? Because we could totally do that again sometime if you really wanted. Almost. <sighs> no fun for Volker. Perry Whittle as Benedict Ederchenko. Motorized aquatic vessels? Pair of dimes? Huta nanny. This show is very strange. It's no wonder. I need vodka to make sense of it. Alicia Lane Matheson as Lily LaRue. But it's also filled with love and joy and fun, right, Thomas? Uh, um, did, uh, did you say vodka, Benny? Da, always. Yeah, I'm going to go with strife and uncertainty. <laughs> I wasn't even talking to you this time. <laughs> no matter. I will find out what I did. Oh, yes. And then we shall see. Yes, we will, won't we? Hmm. Alicia Marie Barton as Esmeralda. Maybe I could make a nice peach pie to help calm some nerves. Y'all need to relax a little. Ooh. You watch it, Buster. Catherine Pride as Geist. I'm back! <laughs> Justin Dobby as Volker. Oh yes, fine, sure, you're back. But I'm still captured in a prison cell. Soupless, penniless, and pantless. No one cares about your soul. Wait, pantless? It was hot. I did not mean to know that! Oh, I need bleach now. 
Philip Weber as SCAR Trooper One. Oh, now we're robot underlings? That's really not fair. David Alt as SCAR Trooper Two. I know. We don't even get motorized parts and hands that turn into axes and bunt pans. Bunt pans? Think how useful they would be. I still don't like being a robot underling. Elaine Barrett as the robot. That is racist. You're a robo-racist. Amanda Fitzwater as Nebulon 2000. Do not worry. I shall show them all the ways in which they are inferior to my robotic supremacy. Kristen Bays as the Umket Triplets. Mmm, what a delightful gaseous odor. I could smell it all day. It smells like America. You know, it can't be healthy to be breathing in those fumes like that. Why are you always raining on our parade? I think she's just jealous that we get all the boy. No comment. Jerry Crawford as the Dean. Hello? I... And the Dean, that gaseous cloud of petroleum fumes, can't possibly be harmful in any way, because it comes from Umket Green, and Uncle Umket loves us all. See? The Dean said it was fine. Well, then he shouldn't mind taking a big lungful, right? I'm sorry I have papers to grade. Yes, let's go with that. R. Francis Smith as Sam the Butcher. It's a crock. Abner Cenaries as Jack the Baker. Oh, Jacques, you imbecile. Jacques. Abner Cenaries as Harry the CEO. Block. B-L-O-C. Oh, heaven some Megatron. I should clearly stop associating with the uneducated masses. I guess if you can't afford an Ivy League school, you end up in a bakery in France. Hey, did you just insult yourself? No, he insulted moi. But you're him. Uh, no, he's not. Uh, am I? Oh, I'm so confused. Oh, we. Oui. this is no surprise. Huh. Well, at least we can agree on that. Oh, that's it. Ow, ow, ow. Jeffrey Bridges, as the commercial announcer. We really need more reliable help for our advertisements. Or at least, that's violent help. Get him! Pound him! Paste him! This is Seth Adamsher. Stay tuned next time as things grow ever more complicated and even more help arrives. Only at PendantAudio.com You've been listening to a Pendant production of the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater sponsored by the Umket Motorized Boating Body. And remember... Oomkit, bringing people of all walks of life together through watercraft since 1904. Hey, how about you art my fist? Now that doesn't even make sense. Uh, no one cares what you think, you stuffy suit up. Stay safe, America, and good fight. Take that, you dog. This production was written by Jeffrey Bridges and directed by Seth Adam Schur. Umkent Industries presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, created by Jeffrey Bridges. Copyright 2008, Pendant Productions. For more information, 
visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.